That sounds amazing. <laughs> I want to be in. I want to be in hospitality. Something else that happened to me emotionally when I went into that that that, that restaurant or that hotel mm. for our posh meal, and that was was something that sort of rose within me. It, it, it was like I really love the feel of this of of, of hospitality of this environment and. Mm. I love what it's doing to my senses 14 years later because I was 14 then. By the time I was 28, I was a, a general manager of a, a, a 90-bedroom four-star hotel. You know, I'll be 58 this summer, and so 30 years on, um, I'm at the ground. I mean, y- y- you know, it's it's a fairy tale really, and I, 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 I don't I don't have regret. I've got a little bit of experience of what it feels like when suddenly the phone's not ringing, and I've got a little bit of experience about what it feels like to shut a hotel and then reopen it but nothing nothing like the um, winter spring of 2020 but we got to business just falling out like falling out from around us literally we want all restaurants shut at by 9 o'clock on Friday the 20th of March but hang on a minute it's Thursday afternoon the 19th of March I've got food in fridges, I've got people on rotors, I've got customers um, booked for this weekend and into subsequent weeks. Yeah, closed from tomorrow night. So I went over and I um, said, you know, Mr. Gallagher, and I said, um, I'm Andrew, I'm, I'm general manager of the Grand. I just, literally, I, I, I just wanted to, first of all, say welcome to the Grand and I hope you're okay. Secondly, just wanted to shake your hand if I'm honest with you. He thought I was out of earshot, but I was still in earshot. And he turned around to his manager. I can't say exactly what he said because it's a podcast. But uh, so a bit of an expletive. Next thing I know, I get a phone call one day. Um, I know you're a big fan, Andrew. Ricky Gervais is in the restaurant. And he was doing his tour at the Brighton Centre. He'd just literally come in for lunch. Now, what happened in my mind at this point, Sam, I'll never quite understand. I believe everyone has a story to tell. Through seeking true, authentic insights about the entrepreneurial journey, I provide a platform for our peers to share their stories and inspire those that listen. This is the County Business Talks podcast, produced by H2 Productions. Okay, welcome to another episode of the podcast. My guest this week is someone that has been a prominent figure within the Sussex business community for many years. He's the managing director at the Grand Brighton and Richmond Hill Hotels. I'm delighted to welcome the one and only <laughs> Andrew Mosley to the podcast. Andrew, oh, how are you doing, mate? What an intro. I'm fine, thanks, Sam. Yeah, <laughs> it's so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Listen, we, we obviously both sit on the board at, at Rock and Horses Trustees. Yeah. We've got to know each other a little bit. Yeah. But we've, and we've mentioned about trying to get this, and I'm glad we finally got it in the diary, and here we yeah. are. It's been often over drink, and that's often the, um, <laughs> the barrier <laughs> yeah, to yeah, something yeah. happening. Isn't we'll it? get we that in the diary. Tell you what we'll do. We must, <laughs> we must do this. and say, yeah, right, let's have another drink, and then we'll forget we, we promised it to each other. <laughs> so I think finally we've managed to nail it down in the formality of an email. And Absolutely. Here I so Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, listen, I'm, I'm really grateful. Which I know how busy you are, so I'm grateful for your time. It's great to have you on. And um, look, we're going to we're gonna just jump straight in. I wanna, I've been starting, obviously, a lot of the people's come on and they share their stories and I'm keen to find out a little bit about where people like they're growing up what that looked like 
and how they sort of shaped who they are today. So because yeah. that that does have an Im- impact on us, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah. Can I mean, you, you tell know, me a bit you, about you, you often hear people sort of say, you know, I came from very humble beginnings, and you know, we lived in a council house. My mum and dad, council house, and my mum and dad didn't have money. I, I was, I was, I was slightly more privileged than that. I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you. Um, although, what what I what I know now is I look back and I. And I definitely, definitely saw my mum, my mum and dad making sacrifices to help us with our education and to mm-hmm. enable us have, to have the things in life which we had. Um, and so, you know, we, we lived we lived in a very modest house, yeah. three bed, semi detached in an optically glamorous part of town, sort of thing, yeah. uh, in Northamptonshire where we were. And our and you know, most of the time we were holidaying just in France. Uh, I remember we went to Mallorca a couple of times. That was as far as we ever yeah. went. You know, we weren't doing we weren't doing what people would describe as glamorous holidays. Yeah. And but they were very very kind. You know, they they educated me and my brother privately, and I, I think that gave me a really big boost in life. They helped they helped me through university. Y- you know, they. They allowed me my golf membership, and I was passionate about golf. And yeah. and and um, and there was always there was always a positivity in the house. You know, I, I remember I don't I don't ever remember there being kind of times when I look back and go, wow, those times were tough as a family. I always just look back and think, yeah, it was good growing up in that family unit, and um, I know them a lot. I mean, thankfully yeah. they're still you know alive to thank them yeah, for yeah. and um and, and I'm very grateful to them yeah it's good cuz that, that's such a <clears throat> like from someone starting out that grounding and that support love mm. that you can get from parents is I, I, my mum and dad are still together I've got yeah. a great relationship with them and yeah. they taught me a lot work ethic mainly was yeah. a, a really big thing but I, just, I was surrounded by love and you you grow up in that environment and it's a massive, yeah. a, a massive step in life, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and even now, all those years on, mm. fifty odd, sixty, nearly sixty years on, they friends of mine look and sort of say, "We can see you. You are a really tight family unit." Still, yeah. you know, my, my my brother, myself, and my parents live within sort of thirty miles of each other up yeah. uh, in in um, Hampshire and Dorset, and we see a lot of each other. Yeah. And when and when we are together. It's clearly a really strong bond, um, yeah. and that's never gone away, really. Um, and I, yeah, as I say, I'm very blessed for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's lovely. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. And then, obviously, because you, you talked about unions, have you studied sort of hotel management as well, I did. didn't you? So, look, but what, was that desire to get into sort of hospitality with that from a young age? Where does that yeah. come? What did like, so you said about golf? Do you still play golf now? You I still play a bit of golf. Yeah, but um, would you play back, back, uh, these days? Mid-teens, ah, something cool. like that. Nice. Um, but back in the day, I was, I, I, you know, again, very lucky because mum and dad supported me, yeah, 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 yeah. and they enabled me to play a lot of golf, and then they transported me to where the golf was, and all yeah. of those things that parents, pa- dad's taxi, and so on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I played, I played for my county as a golfer when I was bit younger and that, right. was, that was an amazing experience and we won yeah. the East Midlands League and it was really good but um of those fairly modest holidays that I just referred to we we were in Cornwall for a, a week um and I'm pretty sure I was 14 years old so we're going we're going way back now and and just once in the week because we were self-catering once in the week they mum and dad would treat us as a family to 
what was described then as a posh meal. And I, I, I'm not quite sure looking back it was particularly posh, actually, because <laughs> uh, I now know where we were going. But let, as a 14-year-old, I was made to wear a tie. So, you know, it's like this, this kind of shows a little sort of the structure of our family that it was like, you know, we're going for a posh meal, so you put your tie on, Andrew, you know, I'm 14 years old. <laughs> anyway, I will do, because you, ta- you, you told me to, Dad. So that's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we went for this posh meal, and actually at this posh meal um, in the summer of um, what would have been 1979, um, we were served coincidentally by two two young people from my hometown. So they they were in Cornwall. From, they'd come from Northamptonshire for the summer season into Cornwall, and we were sitting there having our um, posh meal. And uh, mum and dad started chatting to them and found out that they were from from my hometown. Yeah. So 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 um, yeah, tell us tell us a bit about what you do here. And well, what we do basically is we serve breakfast and then we go to the beach, um, and we surf and we sunbathe and we you know chill out. And then we come back and serve dinner, and then more often than not, there's a bit of a drink and a party in the staff quarters. And then we get up the next morning, we serve breakfast, then we go to the beach, and and then we come back and we serve dinner, and then there's another drink or party in the staff quarters, and then we serve breakfast. I don't know, stop me there, rinse and repeat. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I want to be in. I want to be in hospitality, and really? and literally, Sam, that was almost the trigger for me. But there's something else that happened to me emotionally when I went into that. That, that, that restaurant or that hotel yeah. for our posh meal. And that was was something that sort of rose within me. It, it, it was like, I really love the feel of this, of, of, of hospitality, of this environment. And yeah. I love what it's doing to my senses, you know. And I, and I, I was quick to excuse myself from the table when um, we'd finish our meal because I wanted to go and explore the hotel and there was a pool and everything. And it was like, wow, I'm going to go and look. I just want to yeah. go and look at it. You imagine a pool in a hotel this is incredible and it literally was that that triggered me at 14 years old to say this is what I want to do I went and spoke to and I don't know her name and I wish I did I wish I'd written it down but I went to speak to the HR manager or the personnel manager I think they were called in those days (laughs) of the Swallow Hotel in Northampton when we got back from holiday and she said well look good on you for you know thinking about a career in in hotels here's the here's the path I would take but it ultimately ends uh, at the early stage of your career with a hotel management degree. So focus at school, get yourself uh, get yourself off to university, get a hotel management degree and uh, see where it takes you. And um, literally 14 years later, because I was 14 then, by the time I was 28, I was a, a general manager of a, a, a 90-bedroom ho- four-star hotel at 28. Wow. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, I'll be 58 this summer and so 30 years on, um, I'm at the Grand. I mean, y- 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 you know, it's, it's a fairy tale, really. And I, 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 don't, I don't have regret at all. And if you said, well, would, would you do it all again? You go, well, OK. I, I wouldn't do it all again if I'd already done it, if you're with me. Yeah. But I would have to do it if I'd never done it, because I would want this again. I would definitely want this all over again. Um, but if I had to do it, uh, if I got the chance to... Do it, do a second time round if you like. Yeah, yeah. I'd do something different because then, uh, you know, I'd probably venture capitalist and make loads of money. Or <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'd do. I don't know what I'd do, but I'd be bored doing it. Yeah. But I'd, but I'd be happy knowing that I'd been a hotelier because uh, it, it was, it was, it, it just clicked with me, um, and um, I never looked back really. 
that's incredible. I, I, one, you can tell still now sitting here talking about it, the passion that mm. you, you talk about it with. And, you, and you know, you, you see you in the hotel and, and, and walking around and I'm, I'm sure obviously running a hotel and that magnitude comes with stresses and, and pressures yeah. as it does. But you can tell that the the joy that it brings to, yeah. I guess, in, in the role. And like, for me, if I, w- I, w- I was going to be a footballer, when that didn't quite work out, yeah. as like many young, <laughs> young yeah. lads, didn't have a clue what I wanted to do, and I love talking to people who have that, like, because to have that, actually that drive and ambition from that young age and that focus as well to yeah. go, that's the path I'm going to be on. Yeah. That's where I want to get to, yeah. and I'm going to, I'm going to make yeah. sure I get there. That's that's quite incredible. I guess back to what you said about your parents and that grounding they gave you that, that determination. You know, they 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 supported me, and you know, yeah. and 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 the industry has changed massively, and, yeah. I, and I and I'm a massive ambassador for it. And if anyone's thinking of getting into the industry but they're scared of the long hours and the mm. you know poor pay, then think again because it's the the hours have changed and the conditions have changed and the pay has improved and all of those things that you know the industry's got such bad press yeah. about have gone away in the main. However. Um, Back then, that's what it was like. You know, it <laughs> yeah, was long yeah, hours yeah. and it was rubbish pay. And but you still, and, and, but you still. Mum and Dad it. were privately educating me, and they were giving up fancy holidays to. What did fund they my think about that? But they still stood by this choice I've made, where you know, uh, uh, Mum worked um, at an accountancy firm in, mm. in, I think, a secretarial role. But even so, she was mixing it up with accountants. Mm. And Dad was a, a partner in an estate agency business. And here comes son number one of two, because I've got a brother, saying, I, you know, basically want to be a waiter. I think that's what they probably heard in their <laughs> mind. I think if I could have said, I basically want to be general manager of the Grand Brighton, they'd go, oh, that sounds good. Mm. But I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't blame them at all for hearing that other voice in their head at first and thinking, my word, um, is our boy making the right decision here? But hopefully I've proved that I did. Mm. You, you, you and know, they I didn't think, try and deter and they didn't you change me. No, they didn't. They like absolutely that. supported me. And, and again, you know, all the love I have and um, appreciation I have for that um, yeah. is just unmeasurable, really. So ultimately, we do, I've got twins and he do, I look at it and I just think all, all you want them to be is happy. And of course, there's yeah. paths you go, oh, yeah. you know, if they do that or that. But ultimately, you just want it. And that, again, back to listening to you talk right now about yeah. it. And if you're talking to them back then at 14, 15, 16, mm. with that passion and that. Yeah. Surely, like you said, they got to support you or want to support you yeah. in, in that role. And one of my daughters is uh, pursuing a, a career in musical theatre, and many of <clears throat> many people would say, yeah, "Wow, that's quite risky. Mm. You can be in and out of work and so on." But I can just see the love and passion she has for it, and so you know, she just has my absolute support because yeah. just she will get up, she will get up and be happy every day, yeah. um, doing what she wants to do, and that's. Uh, you know, I was 15 when I started washing pots in a hotel, part-time job at Christmas, still at school. Hadn't even got to O-level year, I don't think. So, um, again, back in the day when, you know, there wasn't any employment law. <laughs> yeah, so you, just, yeah. <laughs> just, you know, it was just child labour. And they, I, I was washing pots in the kitchen. And um, when I was 15, so that's 43 years ago. And from back then, and I, I, I know you're going to ask me the question about what teenage advice I'd give myself, but... I'd say make sure you do what make sure you do something that makes you happy because 43 years is a very very long time yeah. and if you're going to retire at 65 let's say 50 years is is for most people yeah. a, a bulk majority of their life and so you've got to get up in the morning 
and um, be happy with what you're doing because you're yeah. spending a lot of time with people that you work with, a lot of time in the businesses in which you work, and so you you you've got to be happy, haven't you? Yeah, you have, and I always have been in the main. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, we all have our slightly bad days, but um, generally speaking, it's been amazing. Yeah, I a 100% echo that. I think whatever is, and and things have changed. I think, and what what's quite fascinating is because things have changed. Like we don't necessarily always get into roles now, and and that we're there for forever, or even yeah. careers. People change careers yeah. quite frequently now, and you know. I, wear different hats and <laughs> different yeah, businesses sure, yeah, or whatever sure. and on that on that that sort of side of things so there is that thing but because my wife's very similar to you she from 11 years old she wanted to be a solicitor and she's a criminal yeah, solicitor yeah. and a managing partner of a firm and she's never wanted to do anything else and that's her focus and she, and she was up this it. morning and yeah. out the door yep going to court and looking forward to it yeah yeah, yeah. and i think that's the so when if if you if you're lucky enough because not many people are that lucky i don't think to to find that real passion that they really genuinely right. love and that is because it does help with focus and and because if you go i think about it, i might go into yeah. hotel management maybe yeah. that might be something i do might somewhere down the line you might not see that through because yeah. you know mm, but i feel you, you know i feel sort of kind of desperate for people when i have those conversations with mm. young people and they're not sure and i, I almost feel like oh, i really wish i could fix this for you yeah, i wish yeah, i could yeah. find yeah. that nugget for you where yeah. you go oh that's it yeah. Be it a criminal lawyer or an accountant or a yeah. police officer or whatever it might be, yeah. whatever it might be, I wish I could help you find it because mm. I know the the feeling it gave me when I I knew um, I, I knew my course if yeah, you like yeah, I knew yeah. where I I was going yeah. as I said and then I was able to pin all these other lovely things alongside it like university and university life and yeah. my golf and because the, the, the you know that the the years in which i played for my county was 17 or 18 years old so yeah. you know there was two or three years later so by now i was working in hotels i was now out front i was serving customers now i was, silver, <laughs> yeah. I was a silver service waiter <laughs> i did the big time and um you know and i was silver serving in the evening because i played golf all day in my school holidays and you think living the dream yeah. absolutely with a supportive family behind me and 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 I listen. I, I listen to like you can listen to you talk about actually hospitality. I've heard you speak about it before as well about yeah. hospitality in general and the passion you've got for the industry. Mm. Not just obviously your role and and being within in hotels, but hospitality as an industry. And I, I listened to a really interesting podcast with uh, Nick Jones, uh, the founder of Soho House. Oh yes. And, and he speaks about that actually. He he believes everyone should have a role in hospitality at some point because the. The experience it gives mm. you for, for whatever you go into in life, actually, how to deal with people and yeah. uh, uh, that customer-facing yeah. environment, and and the work ethic element to it as well. Because, like you said, this could be hard work, long yeah. hours. I'm, I'm yeah. assuming, especially like you say, in those early days as well. No doubt. To it. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I didn't, I probably didn't appreciate when I was 14 years old what so-called sacrifices I was mm. going to need to make in order to pursue this this so-called dream dream career yeah. Um, but yeah I gave up an awful lot of family parties I gave up a lot of birthdays I gave up an I gave up pretty much every single Christmas day mm. for as for as long as I can remember up until maybe two or three four years ago literally yeah. um, I was at work on Christmas Day and therefore you know that we we would sort of hurriedly open the presents and then I'd disappear off and then I'd come back later and you know we'd we'd got we'd, we'd have some some roast dinner or whatever it would yeah. be and but that was down then to uh my wife 
then my, uh, now ex-wife, but my wife um, cooking that meal, yeah. you know, for me when I returned from work. So, you know, they, they were, everyone was making sacrifices. You know, mm. again, an, another supportive family unit around me, allowing me to um, pursue my hospitality career. And, um, but yeah, I mean, if, if you are going to be on the operational side of hotels or hospitality, and generally speaki- speaking, bulk of people go out on a Saturday night. <laughs> so that's when you need to be there to look after them, <laughs> which means you need to give up your Saturday night. However, let's go back to something simple like the golf thing. Yeah. Now, golf courses are really quiet on a Wednesday and a Thursday. Yeah. So you get your Wednesday, Thursday off, and you can go play golf at probably mm-hmm. a cheaper rate, and um, and then you can you know go to the shops and it's quite quiet, and you can uh, have a lie-in because uh, you get a midweek lie-in, <laughs> that's quite <laughs> nice, and all of those things. So, so you take I, the put- I think it's there. sort of yeah, it, it it needs to it needs to fit your um, aspira- the, 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 your lifestyle aspiration. Yeah, you know, yeah, if yeah. you if you want to be one of these people that go no 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 no, I I I want to get to five o'clock on a Friday. I literally want to lock the office and turn the lights off and set the alarm mm. and not have to think about it until Monday morning and I'm out I'm out or mm. we're away or whatever, then it, it might not be for you because yeah. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really obvious thing to say, but yeah. hotels don't shut. Yeah. Yeah. They, nev- yeah. they never shut. Yeah. And that's the other thing, you know, you can get a call in the middle of the night, even, even um, now in my role, I can get a call in the middle of the night and it's like, we have a problem. And yeah. at that point, you are out of bed at one in the morning or two in the morning, and you're getting dressed and you're on the road and you're going to work. Yeah. Wow. But not very often. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know how many times. No. 20, 30 times in my entire career, sort of thing. Yeah. That sort of thing happening. But you've got to have that mindset, that flexibility in your yeah. in your work life ethos. Yeah. Yeah. Because I guess that. I want to talk work. We'll, we'll go into that a bit later, I'm sure. But mm. work that work life balancing because, like you say, there's as a business owner, um, I find it very hard to switch off. So you, yeah. you're constantly thinking, oh, you know, there's always something to do. So, but, so I'm really key. I guess, like you said, you're running a hotel that never closes. No. So and you're the general manager. So yeah. buck almost stops there with you. So you're, like you said, you're the first point of call with something. There is a there is an issue. So, how are you about when you do leave the hotel? Are you able to switch off? Do you? Yeah. Generally speaking, I am, and 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 you know that's that is to the credit of the amazing team I have working yeah. with me, Sam. You, you, yeah. you, you know that if you trust the people around you, that they they're probably going to do it better than you would if you were there. On you, you, yeah. you know, everyone thinks no, 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 no. If job needs doing, do it yourself. No, I don't. I don't. I don't share that at <laughs> all. I think if a job needs doing, get someone else that's really good at it to do it, to do it because they're better. They're better than me. Yeah. Um, and so you, you know, it's about having that trust in your team, employing brilliant people, which I'm privileged to yeah. do. Um, that's a sign of and a good you know, They are well, though, absolute. They are absolutely phenomenal. I mean, you, yeah. you, you know, they are. I've worked with a lot. I've worked with a lot of teams, and they've all been really good. But the team that I'm working with now, um, in both hotels, but the Grand, are absolutely. How, how absolutely many? How many staff are there at the Grand? Uh, we've got about 320 staff oh, at the wow. Grand, at the Grand, and about 130, 140 in Richmond. Yeah, wow. so we're 450 something like that across both businesses. Yeah, huge that includes that includes some you know part time and yeah, casual yeah, staff, yeah, yeah. but you know we've got large banqueting departments, so you, you get a lot of kind of transient staff, yeah. um, students that 
come and go because of the term time and some that go away to university and then come back to Brighton so they're there during the holidays and then some that are in Brighton and then go away because they're from from further afield and yeah. therefore they're available during term time so we have a lot, a lot of people on our books but still works out I think at about 220 full-time equivalent staff in Brighton alone so wow. big team a, yeah but they're amazing absolutely absolutely amazing so I can go home most of the time I can go home and I can so-called put it behind me as I drive off down the road yeah. um, but but um, it is a it is a 24 7 365 business yeah. and therefore I think the minute you th- I think the minute you think you've turned the key in your own office door it's therefore shut and there's nothing for you to therefore have to contribute or worry about, yeah, yeah. then that's where you fall. That's where you fall over as a hospitality leader because yeah. it is always there. And, um, and and you know anything from people are sleeping and you, you you want them to be safe to people are I don't know drinking and you want them to be having a great time. time yeah, yeah. And it's three in the morning. You're in your bed, but they're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that, I that, might have that, been that, there. You, you, you have to get used to that a bit. Yeah, yeah, you have yeah, to get I'll used bet. to that. Yeah, you have to. You have to be very sort of emotionally aware of the business and yeah. the people, both customers and staff within it. And I yeah. think if, you, as I say, if you lose sight of that, then yeah. you've probably lost your way in your leadership role in hospitality. I think you've, you've got to always be. It's always got to be in the back of your mind, but you've yeah. got to be able to switch it off in order to have a good time in your good time in your own life, but it, your 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 sort of social time, if you like, but also in order to get that kind of downtime, yeah. mental downtime. Yeah, it allows you to recharge. Okay, there's a couple of bits obviously taken out like from a from a leadership point of view. The sign, I guess, of a, of a great leader is being able to delegate and empower trust. people to, yeah. and trust people. Trust. To do that. And you can hear again you're talking about the team that you created there, and that. So I'm, I'm interested. Culture is such a big thing for me. Yeah. I, 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 I must have talked a million times on the podcast about you know brought me to Brighton originally the salon I've run that for three years that's right got the culture completely wrong I went, I went in I think I blame myself completely but I do think I went in with my as my first business with the view of I'm going to be a boss I'm, I'm my boss here this is what I need to do I wasn't right. a leader I was a boss and I just got it I got it wrong and yeah. and it was uh, I, I look back I, I had Mark Woolley on here um, before oh, yeah. and he Rectic such a fa- yeah such a fascinating guy um, and his salon was around the corner from me. Oh, right. um, and we got on really well. He come on here, but oh, I was so interested to talk to him about culture because I was like, I used to, we used to lend each other colour if we'd yeah. run out of colour. I'd walk into his salon and he was buzzing. Yeah. All the staff were happy in there. Loads of people in there. And I'd walk back round to mine. I've got it. This is saying it's not right here. I've no. got this wrong. And um, and I was always, you know, very envious of what he'd create. And I was, he was keen to talk about that and about culture and listening to you now, looking after people. Yeah, being a good leader, empowering people to be able to yeah. do that. Talk, talk to me a bit more about the culture within within the because that's that's a huge amount of people to look after. And, it is, and especially people coming in a, from a transient point of view. If you've created a strong a strong culture within, is whether they come in and then they go and then they come back, but they they're buying into that. Yeah, that culture. Or? So I mean, culture for me is 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 deep rooted. Mm. You, you know, I don't think you. I think if you've got a startup business. I think you can arrive on day one and say, you can almost sort of write down what you want the culture to be, mm. and you can train it into the startup team. Mm. But if you're taking on a existing business, 
culture exists before you get there, mm. yeah. be it you become the new owner or the manager, whatever it might be. Um, and changing culture is probably more difficult than creating a new culture. Yeah. I, I and um, you know I've been I've been in I've 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 arrived in some businesses during my managerial career, general managerial career, where the culture isn't been good, and you know changing it has been really tough but you just have to be strong and I, I, I think you need to you know be clear on what it is you're looking for communicate very clearly give clear direction all of, all of those kind of so-called management cliches if mm. you like um, and and slowly and slowly change it and for me one of the absolute key me- me- metrics then in terms of your business success is um, your staff retention number. So yeah. what we do is we we measure um, we measure people with one year service or more as a percentage of our total payroll, if you like, to, mm. total headcount, and we're at about seventy percent. So seven out of ten of our staff have got more than one year service. So culturally, yeah. they 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 they've grabbed the culture. They've been there long enough to get the culture. They understand the culture. So a new member of staff comes in and the new member of staff is in a minority because they're only um, 30% of the team are new, less than yeah. one year service. So the majority is ensuring that the minority can't change the culture. Yeah. And they're doing it without realising it. You know, yeah. we, don't, we, don't, we don't get up in the morning and sort of wander around and say to everyone, you 70% make sure you keep the culture going. Because <laughs> yeah. we, we, we just... It's inherent of, in them. It's mate. inherent. Yeah. And it's subconscious and it's all of... They just... They understand what behavior is expected of them and the style and the tone and approach and all of that cultural stuff mm. the way that we behave f- with each other the way in which we behave with our guests the way in which we interact the way in which we speak the way all of those cultural all that cultural stuff so that for me is the key because as long as you keep it as a really high number and 70 is good you yeah. know more would be great but this is hospitality and it is quite a transient business yeah. um but 70 is a high number, and as long as you keep it up there, then at that point, newbies, if you like, to the business can't, can't change it. Mm-hmm. So you remain in control. But, of course, what you've got to do, you've got to get it there in the first place. Because if you take on a business where the culture is rotten or bad, yeah. and 70% of the team have been there more than a year, you've got to persuade that 70% to change. And you can do a little bit with the 30% that are coming in, but if the 70% are digging their heels in, then yeah. they won't let it happen. So that's where it's more difficult. Now, in, the, in a startup business, you start up on day one and everyone's new. So every, the, the, the whole 100% of your team have got less than one year service. So what's the culture? This is what it is. And all you need to make sure of then is one year on from then, everyone's still speaking that language, if you mm-hmm. like. And then you lose a couple of people and you recruit some new staff and your majority are on board with your culture. But for me, I, I, I just think that's, I think that's absolutely bedrock to a success of, a, yeah. of, of, of any business, actually. Yeah. And, um, and so, for example, um, at our management meetings, our senior leadership team meetings, which we have, generally speaking, once a month, that's the first item on the agenda. First item on the agenda is our oh, yeah. people. Yeah. We don't start talking about profit until, I don't know, item number seven or something like that on the agenda. Wow. People, customers, sales, 
revenue management, marketing, property, maintenance of the building, all of those things which are which will have impact profit positively if they're yeah. done well. But you can't just say, right, let's look at profit. Have we made any money? Um, without Because the likelihood is, I, I, I believe anyway, and others may disagree, but fine, um, I think the likelihood is that you won't be making money or you won't be making as much money as you possibly could have done if those other fa- if those other sort of key performance indicators if you like aren't in place but on our senior leadership team agenda people are at the top of it so how's our retention how's our engagement in other words our staff satisfaction yeah. and what vacancies what vacancies leavers and leavers and, and newcomers have we got and any vacancies we're running i don't know five or six vacancies out of 300 plus positions oh, it's nothing yeah. nothing you, you, you know that's not that's not threatening to your business at all in an environment that big um, and I, I yeah I know of hospitality businesses that might have out of a headcount of 300 might have 60 70 80 vacancies at wow. any one time like now yeah. now so you know the industry was really hard hit by COVID and EU nationals going home again and not coming yeah. back and uh, you know all, all, the, all the stories that you see in the press about people not taking up positions in hospitality been hit, hit hard hit but yeah. you know touch wood we, we you know we're doing something because we're keeping people and, and um, you know we're uh, again it's a bit of a cliche but we're good old we're a good old bunch of people and we're a happy family actually um, and, and, and we I'm respect I'm each sh- other and we, we all just see each other for the role that we do it's not like well you're a waiter and he's a restaurant manager, therefore he's more important than you. It's like, no, no, he happens to be restaurant manager. You happen to be a waiter. And um, if one day you want to be restaurant manager, then, you know, here's what you do to develop yourself in order to grow into that role. But that doesn't make anyone any more important than anyone else. And just all, we're all ask, just doing the job that we're employed to do, you know. And, and I genuinely, genuinely mean that. Yeah. Absolutely genuine. Because people will go, yeah, he's bound to say that. He's the boss. I genuinely mean that. But and, and, and actually, just by listening to those figures and stuff, because that was one of the things I really wanted to find out, I'm assuming the culture does filter right from the senior leadership team all the way down to everyone in between that, yeah. all the different roles. And I was keen to explore that with you, because I'm, I, like I say, I, I, I love a, a little football analogy, I guess, from yeah. time to time. But I guess, ultimately, every, that especially on that magnitude everyone has got is part of that team out there and if you mm. haven't if, if if not everyone's in that cog is doing the right thing yeah. it's going to fall down at some point isn't it yeah, so absolutely. everyone's got to be on that same page everyone's got to right from whatever whatever you've been employed to do yeah. for your job you've got and, to be and one of the one of the key roles amongst many of of a so-called leadership team therefore is mm. to spot it early mm. when it when it wavers because it can do yeah. you know you could you, your retention score can go down for whatever reason and you know ours did because of covid and people mm. leaving we had to bring new people in and suddenly the business got very busy so proportionately we needed mm. more newcomers because mm. we had a we needed a bigger payroll because we suddenly got so busy post covid yeah. so and suddenly it was like hang on a minute that percentage has gone down right we, we've got to keep an eye on this yeah. because otherwise we're in danger of the culture shifting out of our control if you like you know yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we'll try and hang on to it but we, we can we can see it starting to move out of our grasp and so 
let's let's make that one of the kind of key tasks for now, if you like, mm. to ensure that it doesn't. So you maybe communicate even more than you would normally do and have some staff meetings and some extra training and dun, 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 all of these things that then make sure you're getting that culture back in back into everyone that you know and of course of course behind all that it's making sure that the culture that you set in the first place is right. the right one <laughs> yeah 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 of I course, mean, of otherwise course. you write something down and then, you, <laughs> then 10 years later you've driven a culture in and suddenly you think this is really <laughs> we need to change this culture <laughs> so again i go back to i go back to um my team, the, the team around me, who mm. are absolutely fundamental in in creating that culture. This mm. the, the, that culture, uh, I'd like to think I've got a little part to play in there, in mm. in in contributing to what it should look like. Um, but the, there are lots and lots of other people as well um, contributing to it, probably more so than I am. Um, how how early on was that though that you went up when you go in? at the Grand, what was the culture like when you first went in there? And, um, and well, it, was still, was it was still a good culture. You, you know, everyone, everyone, you know, want, wanted to do a great job. They, mm. they, they, they were custom, they were customer focused. They, mm. but I, I think I could probably say we've, we've made change in two areas. One, one was everyone was a bit down. I understand why. You know, it, it was it was 2010. It was post financial crash. Very little investment in the business, mm. and I think they'd allowed that to get to them a bit. You know, yeah. it's like, well, we'd love to do X, Y, Z, but we can't because we haven't had any investment. I go right, okay. Well, we, we need to sort of change our mindset a little bit there. We we need to start thinking that we may not have had any investment, but we can still make things happen. And they were making they were making lots of things happen, but. Mm. You know, maybe maybe things that you're saying are unachievable right now could be achievable if we just change the way we think. So culturally, I think we just changed our mind our mindset a little bit. I think as well, and it's I'm clutching at straws a little bit here because it was it was still pretty good back yeah. then. Um, I think it was a bit compartmentalized, a bit departmentalized. So you know, it was a little bit. The, the, the obvious one is well, there's you know sales, and then there's the operation, and the two don't match because sales promise the world, and then operations can't deliver it, and then <laughs> sales get frustrated that their clients haven't their clients their clients haven't had great delivery from you know the operational teams. Mm. You go, hang on, no, 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 hang on. Well, two things here: we're all in this together, and they're not they're not sales people's clients. Mm. They're the business, the business's clients. They're all of our clients. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't matter whether you're selling, delivering, behind the scenes or out front. They are all our clients. Because, again, I know it's cliche, but they are the ones paying our wages, right? Yeah, yeah, they yeah, are yeah. paying our wages. These yeah. good people that are coming and spending their money in our business yeah. pay our wages. So I think we needed to change that because there was a little bit of yeah, occasional blame flying around. You know, yeah. well, the reason we can't do that is because... You know, we can't check people in because housekeeping haven't cleaned the rooms yet. Yeah, well, no, 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 no. You know, we're all in. We're all in this together. So, what mm. is it? What is it that is preventing us, for example, from getting the rooms back on time for people to check in? Well, we can't. You know, we just need to literally just check that the room attendant has cleaned the room. Well, then, if receptionists standing twiddling their thumbs because they can't check people in, why don't you send a couple of receptionists up to open some doors and see if the Room's been cleaned, and if they have, <laughs> put them back in the system and check the person in. Yeah. Oh, I suppose we could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, and I'm not, I'm not giving that as a live no, example, no, no, a real example. It's just no, no. 
what can go on in hospitality? What what can happen in hotels where not not so much a big blame culture, but just perhaps the right hand not talking to the left and it and not understanding that we're all just all doing this together. So maybe that was something that we changed. And we got some we got some nice little boosts along the way because we got some investment in my fairly early years, I think twenty thirteen. So I've been there three or four years. Mm. Um and we got a fairly decent uh, amount of investment and that that grew momentum more and suddenly we could see that um you know the building was getting some love as and we were being invested in because mm. we we felt part of it yeah. and um and, and and then culturally that helped change us as well uh so yeah it's, it's, so but it's it's good really good culture yeah, yeah we all have a bad day but it, it's it's a it's a brilliant place to yeah. work Absolutely I, brilliant I, place, I, I, and Richmond as well. I'm kind of, I'm referring a lot to the ground in my conversation, yeah, sure. giving that as the as as my example. Because if I tried to give, if I tried to talk about both businesses, there'd be slightly different nuances. And yeah. so I, I'm I'm tending to centre in this conversation on the ground. But the same goes for Richmond. You know, we've mm. shifted the culture there massively. I mean, you really? know, I'll, I'll I'll say it out loud. If you haven't been to Richmond Hill Hotel, do so because. Yeah. It, uh, we're really, really proud of it. It's mm. had a lot of investment. Culturally, the team are amazing. We've switched the culture. It's very positive, very customer-centric. Um, so, so would that be uh, uh, when you, with, with Richmond Hill, there was a not a great culture there? When well, they were under-invested, um, and they've been kind of left out mm. a bit, I think. You, you, you know, they've been a bit under-loved over the course of time and yeah. beaten up a bit by management companies and not not our owner but our owner had chosen to put the business in the hands of a management company and they'd been they'd, they, I don't think they'd given enough sort of love I think they'd given close quarter attention but generally to profit conversion and costs and yeah. everyone felt a bit browbeaten by the whole thing and we came along um, because in 20 I think it was 2017 2018 um the two businesses came together more. So my owner, mm. my own, my, the owner of the two hotels ran them very independently of each mm. other. And then we agreed one way or another um, that I, I become the managing director of both businesses based mm. out of Brighton and we would run them much more collaboratively. And so we were able then to go in and um, maybe approach the so-called um, over, over management in a different yeah, yeah. way. You know, that so-called head office management yeah, yeah, yeah. style was different to the, what they'd been used to. And suddenly, after some getting used to it, they realised that this was a much better way to, yeah. to be. And then the, our owner invested you know, really good money in the bedrooms and kitchens were redone, restaurant was redone, bar was redone, mm. public areas were redone, lots of, lots of really good, really, really good refurb, really fantastic yeah. refurb. And I think at that point, then you could feel it shift. And we, we, yeah, we lost one or two people along the way because culturally we thought they probably weren't going to fit long term mm. so we you know had a nice professional conversation with them and they went on to pastures new and we put people into the to the team that were a better fit for where we wanted to mm. take it and it's it's gone on in leaps and bounds absolutely okay. so i'm so so proud of that business as yeah. well uh, it's it, you know it's a lovely place to go to okay i just wanted to say something about one of our sponsors creative pod it all starts with an idea the kind of creativity that wins hearts, changes minds, and drives new behaviours. Creative Pod is an award-winning, full-service marketing agency that work with their clients to become their outsourced creative department 
for a fixed monthly fee. For almost 20 years, they've been offering clients a full-service approach in everything from branding, PR and social media, to web development, pay-per-click and print advertising. They've been County Business Club's outsourced marketing agency for over a year now and have been a real game-changer for us as a company. To find out more, get in touch with the team at www.creativepod.uk.com. Okay, back to the podcast. It's fascinating to listen to you talk about it again, especially the culture side of it, so passionately. For, for me, like I, I completely agree with you, like I said, from my own experience on that smaller scale, but knowing that culture is the bloodline yeah. of any business, Absolutely. and I, I truly believe it. And, and actually, learning more so over the last couple of years, and, and I guess coming out, where I want to pop onto that now in a, in a sec about COVID and stuff and coming yeah. out of that, but actually looking after people and that they are the key. If you look Absolutely. after them people that they that will filter down to the clients. So then that communication to the staff then filters onto the yeah. clients and that's where it all yeah. it's all a cyclical yeah. thing. So no doubt. So to so talk to <laughs> hospitality. You're gonna mention COVID, aren't you? How could how could how could we come on <laughs> here and not and not, and not, and not talk about COVID. I mean the hospitality was we we all hit hospitality hit harder than most. Yeah. I mean, general manager there. What was what, your mindset, March twenty twenty? Well, when, that, when Boris gets up and says that, what, what, what? I, the only, the only, only parallels I can draw to what happened around COVID was first of all the financial crash, mm-hmm. and in must have been September two thousand and eight. Was it nine? Anyway, in that year of the financial yeah, crash. I'd been on holiday in August and I came back in September and we hadn't had a phone call for our any events. And I was like, it was, what on earth's going wrong? You know, I've never known anything like this. As soon as you come back from your holidays in September, the phones start ringing from the events market, placing their bookings for the rest of that year and into the following year. And we, and the phones were dead. And, and that, was a massive wake-up call. It's like, wow, this is what happens when something goes wrong, yeah, globally, yeah, yeah. when yeah, something yeah. goes wrong. The other one, which is a much more of a sort of micro-example, was norovirus. And in um, my last job, um, where I was a general manager in over in Winchester, in Hampshire, um, we, was, we were struck big style by norovirus. Mm. Um, you know, it's an airborne viral disease. It gets people extremely quickly with, you know, extreme... Um, extreme symptoms and I had to shut a hotel because of norovirus so it was Wednesday and someone fell ill and then Thursday a whole conference went down and on Friday we shut the hotel and we didn't reopen until the Monday and wow. so I got I got a little bit of experience of what it feels like when suddenly the phone's not ringing and I got a little bit of experience about what it feels like to shut a hotel and then reopen it mm. but nothing nothing <laughs> like the um, winter spring of 2020 so it all started really as it did for most businesses I think around sort of late January early February okay. it's like, oh, do you know what we get some cancellations and there's this kind of talk in the in the news and the press about you know coronavirus as it was as it was then referred to wasn't it yeah. became COVID-19 later and um, anyway I, you know we all know the story Sam so I won't yeah. bore anyone with that but we got to business just falling out like 
falling out from around us. Um, and I suppose most notably was, I think it was on the on the Thursday, which would have been the 19th of March, we were due to have quite a large dinner in the hotel, 300 people or something like yeah. that. And on the Wednesday, they rang and said, out of social responsibility, we're not coming tomorrow. But, but, but we'll pay you, don't worry. Yeah. Um, we've, made, we've made our own decision under our own so-called health and safety policy not to come to your hotel tomorrow night for, um, because we just don't think it's safe to do so. And we'd already, we'd already sort of kind of seen the writing on the wall because yeah, it found yeah, out yeah. the press was full of it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But that was one of those moments, amongst others, where you thought, oh, my word. And then, of course, the government just come out and go, right, shut your restaurants tomorrow, please. <laughs> Literally, we want all restaurants shut at by nine o'clock on Friday, the twentieth of March. But hang on a minute, it's Thursday afternoon, the nineteenth of March. I've got food in fridges. I've got people on rotors. I've got customers um, booked for this weekend and into subsequent weeks. Yeah, closed from tomorrow night. And right, okay, we'll do that. But here was the interesting thing, and I think you know, hindsight's a great thing. We were then allowed, if you remember, to continue to run the hotel as a hotel, but without um, restaurants and lounges and so on. Mm. But customers could have room service, for example. So we stayed open for that weekend, the 21st, 22nd of March. Mm. In both properties, we stayed open, as indeed everyone else did, all of our competitors, we all stayed open. And if you remember, it was a really, really, really hot weekend, fantastic weather. And on the Monday, we, we'd sort of, you know, got through and we'd served customers and probably about, I don't know, three quarters full in both hotels, quite yeah. still very busy. Um, and, um, and we got to the Monday and across all the media, the, the, the papers on Monday morning, coincidentally were pictures of Brighton Beach and pictures of Richmond Park, full of people out enjoying the sunshine. And I rang my I rang my owner up uh, early afternoon on the Monday. I said, "Have you seen the press?" I said, "You know, it's just kind of just our luck sort of thing, but it's no surprise that the the press are running pictures of the beach in Brighton where we've got the Grand yeah. and the park in Richmond where we've got the Richmond Hill <laughs> Hotel." And I said, "But you, you know," and, and I said, no, "I'm not sure how good that looks for us that." You know, we're, we've got an association with those two hotspots that are getting a bit of a grilling by the press to say, yeah. you know, if there's COVID, if there's coronavirus or COVID, look at, look at the way that people are out and about yeah. still. So I said, I actually, I remember my words exactly. I said, I actually uh, think it's becoming, my words, socially unacceptable to run a hotel, to have a mm. hotel open at the moment. He said, do you know what? I agree with you. And so we shut the hotels at four o'clock that Monday afternoon. Really? We shut them. Yeah, we rang everyone up. We rang everyone that was due to check in during the day, and we shut and we checked everyone out um, that morning from the Sunday night stays. And we rang everyone that was due to arrive that evening, and um, they didn't come. And we sh- and we shut. And then um, Boris Johnson went on the television at eight o'clock, I think it was that evening, and said, "If you're in hospitality, you need to close your close your businesses tonight or tomorrow morning latest." But we were already shut. We were already shut. And um, so, so, how do you, at that, yeah. that point for you as a leader, that many staff? Yeah. What, what, how did what's that level of communication to staff? Yeah. And and again, back to culture, yeah. morale, scare, like yeah. they're in a situation actually 
but well, this was prior to furlough and stuff being. Yeah. And yeah. So um, on all of those on all of those uh, pieces, um, communication is always important, and you know I'm a great believer in it. And again, yeah. it's a bit of a cliche, but I genuinely am very, very, very into communicating. Um, but boy, it was never more important than then. And you know, let's learn to how to use Skype or Teams or Zoom or whatever, <laughs> yeah. like double quick. Yeah. And um, in my naivety, it's, it's it's almost kind of kind of sort of nice story looking back in a weird way. But I said to my senior leadership team, we need to we need to have a daily, at least a daily call, and if not two a day. So I'll, you know, I'll send out the the link, and we'll all be on Zoom. I think we were using Skype back then, actually, <laughs> and. And whilst we were talking, I was making notes. I, I, I was making I was making notes. I was typing yeah. um, output notes from our conversation because, you know, let's keep the the sort of the, the 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 commentary from our conversations alive by by minutes, if you like, for want yeah. of a better action points and minutes. And then each each next call, I'd then add to it and amend them and so on. After about a week of this, this, this these notes were getting quite lengthy, and I suddenly <laughs> thought. It's going on longer than I thought. This COVID <laughs> thing, so I'm going to stop typing because yeah. we'll just talk. We'll ju- we'll just talk. I'm going to stop. That's a book, right? Then. It was. Being, it would have become a book when it. Two years later, it would have been a book. So um, it just shows how kind of naive we all were. Yeah. Um, and then we, com- you know, we then put means of communicating with our staff in place, and we did our very best to communicate with them. Yeah. And try and reassure them and update them. We are privileged um, to be um, under the ownership of uh, a very generous, a very generous organisation who mm-hmm. chose not to claim on furlough but to mm-hmm. pay us all as a team. Um, so, you know, financially, we we had that reassurance very early on, um, and um, you know, the staff. I know felt great comfort from that. Yeah, you, you yeah, know, yeah, they yeah, knew sure. they knew that they were now being communicated with. They they knew that they were being paid, yeah. and and therefore you know let's let's be loyal and yeah. um and 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 stick around and see this through and be as supportive as we possibly can. Because um, I get it back to that yeah. that culture piece. When when stuff like that does happen, and then actually you do go we're going to look after our people yeah. and that comes from the top and you go right we're yeah. going to look after everyone and then actually you all come together because you've created a great team culture yeah. you all come together to go actually we're all we will get through this and we'll get through yeah. it together whatever needs to be done yeah. with lots met so many changes i guess within hospitality within the rooms and within people coming into the restaurant eventually and stuff all the stuff that you had to set up to just accommodate people to actually yeah. be able to open your doors eventually like getting the staff on board yeah. with all of that yeah. comes to that strong yeah. culture, and and you know I think we reopened if my memory serves right on July the fourth or something like that, twenty twenty. So it was a long old haul, yeah. March the twentieth, really March the twenty third when the hotel yeah. shut through to July the fourth. But because we were paying the staff in full, um, you know we knew we were paying anyway. So yeah. let's face it, the profit and loss account was taking a hammering. Yeah, so yeah. that that kind of you know, stop being <laughs> yeah, a worry. Yeah, yeah, it was a worry, but it stopped being a worry yeah, if, if you, yeah, if you yeah. take the, the positive in that. Yeah. And so it, it meant that it, it became safe to return staff to the business maybe two or three weeks before the 4th of Ju- July 
reopening day. Yeah. But because we were paying people anyway, we were able then to bring them back into the business, retrain them, do some proper health and safety training in terms of yeah. COVID procedures, cleaning, the way in we the way in which we interact together, the way in which we are to interact with our customers, and. Um, and and that really that really made a massive difference to the reopening of the business on July the fourth. You know, it meant we were totally on our game. And again, yeah. you know, I, I heard a few sort of horror stories of competitors or other businesses where it was literally sort of you know ten o'clock in the morning on the day of reopening. They brought the staff back and said, "Right, is everyone okay? Let's go." And wow. then then their owners or bosses insisted that they would open with all bedrooms available and so the hotels then filled up and restaurants filled up and you know couldn't couldn't cope we we opened in brighton with 50 of our 200 rooms it's all we reopened with just 50 oh, okay. and in richmond about 30 of our 140 rooms 35 so 25 percent to start with yeah edged it up towards 50% by the end of July and didn't actually get to full bedroom stock until the end of August 2020. So we, we just took a very gradual approach to reopening our business, slowly but surely, that to, understanding we could cope, yeah. um, doing so the, it well. The, the, knew it, knowing that the staff had that bit, I guess again, back to the communication with the staff, knowing that actually we've got that support, we're not chucking you straight into the deep yeah. end, we're gonna do this in a gradual process. We're all learning here, so we're gonna learn together. And then and we've, all, you know, we've all got short memories now you know because we're because we're nearly three years on we, we, you know, we're coming up to that date you know three years on but we wouldn't you know we were we weren't just worried we were scared mm. at that point to get in a lift with anyone yeah. how does a concierge do their job when they're scared mm. to get in a lift so you know just something as simple as taking luggage to a room for a customer you can't touch the luggage you can't go into their room with them you can't go in the lift with them you mm. know so it had to be kind of baby steps yeah. really yeah. Um, towards uh, towards operating as normal but I mean you know we, we didn't operate as normal until really May 2021 when we reopened after lockdown 3 because many people forget lockdown 2 which yeah, was November 2020 suddenly yeah, yeah. hospitality was shut again for a month um, to put this so called what did they call it a, a sort of a, a, a break clause into yeah, yeah. Um, and suddenly we uh, you know, we were closed now for a month, and then on Boxing Day, twenty twenty, yeah. we were closed again. But by then, we were becoming quite good at closing <laughs> the business, uh, the does business. It? and the staff were going, "Yeah, we know what to do now." Because back to the retention piece, yeah. we'd kept staff. Yeah. They'd they'd been part of the closure of the hotel. They'd been part of the reopening of the hotel. They'd been part of the journey we'd been on to bring it back to full so-called full operating capacity. But we weren't because there were no events and there were still yeah. restrictions, and. Um, then they closed it again at the beginning of November. Then they reopened it again at the beginning of December. Then they closed it again on Boxing Day. And then they reopened it again in May 2021. And generally speaking, the majority of our team were doing that because, and they, so they, they, yeah, they got good at it, just as they get good at all the other things that they do. Yeah. Um, part of the culture, I guess. And we're going to do this together. And we're, you know, we all, we're all in this together. We support each other. And let's do it. Yeah, but I, I, I yeah, the most extraordinary event say, for so I many of us, and you know, such a, you know, such a terrible event, and yeah. loved ones lost, and you know, really terrible, yeah. absolute terrible. Um, and so you know, good God, it's 
pretty bad, isn't it, when you whinge about hospitality being closed because of COVID? I mean, people were losing oh, loved, yeah, loved yeah, ones yeah, and dear sure. ones. There were far bigger problems, way, way bigger problems than yeah. we we were ever going to have. Um, but drilling it specifically to so, yeah, running a hotel, it was just an extraordinary, yeah. extraordinary event. You know, I, the did grand you, previous you? to COVID had only ever been shut twice, and one which we know yeah. in recent times because of the, the, the IRA bombing course, yeah, in yeah. October 84. And previously to that, they shut it during the Second World War so the soldiers could stay there. And that's it. Mm. That's in its and, nearly 160-year history. And, you know, we closed it three times in the space of 12 months <laughs> yeah, as a management team. <laughs> not not something to be particularly proud of. It goes down in history books. But yeah. it will go in the history books for all the wrong reasons. But we, we did it, and we did it, and we did it with um, our heads held high. We did it yeah. professionally, and um, and it was very rewarding then when, you know, I remember, I remember the first customer, literally the first customer walking back through the door on July the 4th, 2020, and he said, I am so pleased to be out of the house. I, don't, I didn't care how much of the room was. I didn't care which room I'm in. I don't care. I don't care. I just, me and my wife just wanted to get out of the house, and we are so pleased to be here. And then we're all in masks, we're all keeping our distance, and so on. And go, well, it's really nice to see you, sir. You know, Love thanks that. for coming. And, yeah. and I guess, but just a couple of bits there for, for me, like, you as going into that industry and wanting to be in that industry from such a young age, going through something that you probably never imagined that would ever happen, no. and then, but because ultimately, as a, a, within yeah. hospitality, you're creating spaces and experiences for people to have a great time. Yeah, that's why well, it goes back to my posh meal story, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Some, someone somehow in that posh meal back when I was 14 years old played with my emotions when yeah. I went into that yeah, yeah. that building into that restaurant or hotel and and you've just yeah, you've said so, it for so, me that's what I always wanted to do so you, and you stood there and seeing those people come in and yeah, playing and then, with their emotions and, and I go back like was for you was there ever a point that you you looked further down the line and thought are we ever going to get back to that did you always believe oh, this is going to this is going to change we are going to get back to like Let's take, for example, mm. I was there at the first Best of British, uh, yeah. our friend Ryan Uber, yeah, yeah. first Best of British, back at the ground, yeah. 500 people yeah. in there. That I can honestly say, there was it was almost like the, the level of emotion in that was room amazing, that day it? was incredible. It was. And because because I think there was there was points during that, the last, the 12 months prior to that, where there was a doubt in people's minds. There was. Are we actually ever going to return to that? Yeah. Will we ever do that? Well, yeah. Was that thought in your head? Yeah. Did you think that? It was, yeah. It was. I, 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 yeah. I, I was in not, 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 not a particularly dark place emotionally and yeah. mentally, but I was in a bit of a dark place business-wise yeah, yeah. back in January, February, March of 2021, <laughs> I think. Third lockdown winter months you know let's face it we all yeah. we all remember the first lockdown because you know it was it's sunny, sunny. Wasn't it? <laughs> and it was the summer yeah, and yeah. and but uh, that that third one when it was you know short days long nights dark cold mm. and a bit lonely if i'm honest with you because um my, my partner's in retail and retail was allowed to be open and and, and and all these things and you know so i was left in the house on my own a bit and yeah, yeah. yeah and um and I, I think I think more than more than once, lots and lots of occasions, I sat there and thought, how on earth are she's best of British as good as well, how on earth are we going to end up yeah. back in the room with five hundred people in the Empress Suite at the Grand yeah, again? Yeah. I just can't see it. 
Um, I just couldn't see it. I couldn't. I, there were all these suggestions coming out of the events industry to sort of say, well, if we, if we did it like this and we did it like this and we did it like this, then we could make this happen. But it, it's like there, there were anything from don't shake hands with people to <laughs> one one way traffic to go and return from the toilet if you need the toilet. How are you going to do that? How are you going to walk people all the way through the suite one way to go down the corridor into the loo and then come back and return to your table on a sort of you know anti-clockwise basis and everyone in single file and keep a meter between you? It's like this won't happen. And let's put people every other place setting at a table. You go well, then a table of ten becomes a table of five, and a table of five is maximum say two hundred and fifty people in the room. But even so, you'll be back to back with someone that's too close to you. It just won't work. So at that point, then you do 150 people in the room. But 150 people in the room isn't it's just not financially feasible. So you then have to charge the client more money for the product they retu- receive, be it a meal or whatever it might yeah. be. And they won't be in a position to pay that. So, But then you've got to persuade staff to serve in that environment. And, it's, and how are you going to stop well, people shaking well, yeah. hands? I mean, it's just it's my mind was very clogged at that point yeah, you know yeah, it was but... like I just I can't see this this is and, and there were and then all of a sudden and it was almost kind of it almost happened quicker yeah, yeah, eventually because yeah. yeah. it took a long time to happen but when it did happen it was almost like wow now, yeah. as you say here we all are in a room together there's 500 and how are you Sam give us a man hug yeah, it was yeah. weird wasn't it and then what and and there must have been that that moment at best, not just best of British. Obviously, you do so many different events, but yeah. let's use that Good as an example, example for, for our mutual friends. You, yeah, you, standing there that day and looking around, and and yeah. just must have been magical for you it as, was a, as a as a you know as a general yeah. manager of a hotel, some an industry that you've seen brought to its knees that you've been it, passionate about. And it it was, it was, but honestly, it it was tempered a bit for me as the manager of the business with with the worry of you know wow, wow. kind of you know yeah, whew, sure. i hope this is hope this is okay yeah you know government guidance and so on is one thing but you know your gut your gut feel is another way you think i hope this is all i hope i really do hope this is all right because wow it, it, it just still feels yeah, a bit edgy that to spirals me. Into and, and, and then ev- and everyone is having a drink and oh my word they're starting to get up from their seats no oh my word they're all shaking hands and hugging and kissing and oh goodness gracious and yeah. and people were coming coming up to me on the day you know gosh this feels quite surreal doesn't it and you think yeah it does a bit and then there've been other people of course who said i'm sorry i'm not coming i don't feel re- ready for that yeah, yet yeah, yeah. and as recently as pre christmas um uh, Julia and I, my partner and I, were 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 to, at a function um, at the Grand, and it was Chestnut Tree Houses Ball, I think, yeah. that we host. And um, someone came over to me, and who I who I know, a local a local business person mm-hmm. with his wife, and said, um, "So nice to be out for the first time, wow. for the first time." And wow. that was November 2022. In fact, it was just into December. I think it was December the third or something. So December 2022. And that person's attitude and approach to socialising, connecting, getting close to people and so on, you know, was super cautious. Well, I'm not even going to say super cautious. was super cautious to some, but cautious. Cautious. More cautious than others. Um, And so let's not lose sight of that, that there were people, lots lots and lots of people in 
whatever it was, June 2021, or I can't remember when it was. June 22, was it? No, 21 would have been, yeah, June 21. June 2021, when we were in the room, and um, but lots of people weren't in the room. Because they were still, I'm not ready for this. So you're mindful of that as well, and you're mindful of reputation, you're mindful of something going wrong, you're mindful of people becoming ill, and, you know, well, it was... And, so and, and fingers yes, point yeah. quite quickly, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. well, that's because you allowed us into the room. Go, hang on a minute. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. followed guidance. We always stuck to the guidance. We yeah. we put all sorts of other things in place that meant that you, know, you were you 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 were temperature screened on the way into the building, yeah, whichever yeah. whichever point at which you came into the building, be it, be it through the function entrance or the yeah. main entrance or through our staff entrance for our team, yeah. you were temperature screened. There was an app on my phone that would beep wherever I was, on holiday or in a, at work, that would beep if someone was outside the parameter on the temperature threshold. And I would, we would then all come together because there was a number of us that had that, um, wow. that, 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 uh, that alert on our phone. And it would write, right, this gentleman, um, and you, you're, you know, you're yeah. sporting your black baseball cap. <laughs> so a guy's just walked in, it's beeped, he's in, he's in a black baseball cap, Check the CCT, but where did he go? Go and get him and bring him back and do the test. If he fails it three times, we're going to have to ask him to leave. Um, wow. So that wow. we, all that was going on. Yeah. We were doing loads of things, all the sanitizers and goodness knows sure, what. Sure. All, uh, all COVID tests and we were asking large events to take a COVID test prior to arrival. Couldn't yeah. make them, but we were asking them. Doing all sorts of things. But So we were doing everything we could, but it was still, it, it still left you feeling yeah. edgy. You know, even though you... Even though in your heart of hearts you thought, I think it's probably okay. Yeah. But it was it was back in the day when coronavirus was killing innocent people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Less sure. vulnerable, you, you know, that you would yeah. expect. Um, those people were dying from this dreadful disease. Yeah. And, and, and so that's what, you know, and, 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 and at the top of your agenda when you're running a hotel or any hospitality business for that, yeah. is people's safety. And you sort yeah. of say, right, okay, I want to come and have a good time in your hotel. Yeah, let's make sure you're going to be safe first. Okay, yeah, that's, you're going to be that's safe. Yeah. That we guard against fire and we guard against, you know, disasters mm. of any sort that may endanger you or injure you. Um, COVID was doing that. Yeah. COVID was endangering our customers. And so... It's interesting, it, actually. It, 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 le- it, it leaves that niggle in your yeah. mind. You know, but in the meantime, we were in the room and we were enjoying yeah. ourselves. You were probably more than more so, yeah. And that's that's the carcass. Like it's so amazing to actually get a real insight into what you sort of think. Because uh, I'm a people person, so I was yeah. one of them. The second I could get, I want to yes, be out. I want to be, be out with people. I want to get back. Of course, I would. You know, there's concerns and you look at families and 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 of course there's tragic. But I, I was keen to you follow the guy like I was keen to get and I was yeah. it was a euphoric moment yeah. that that I I'll still remember I'm being in that that day as a British and and hugging people it was great. and and because subsequent um, strange enough you say about that cuz um subsequently we attended a really nice dinner Julia and I attended a really nice dinner over at Gravetime Manor 
um, in Sussex, and um, you couldn't come because you got a coronavirus. So I ate with your good lady wife. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, she sent me them pictures, and, and that food was, was terrific. Stuff. It was, was a brilliant night. But you know what? Your appetite to get out it gets us in the end, Sam. So it got you. Absolutely. It was a great night with your wife. Yeah, yeah, we, had yeah. Good, we had a good time. Yeah, she she sent me lots of videos. Yeah, I, me, I, I remember speaking <laughs> to Dan who put it on. I was like, mate, it seems like you've created an event for me it was with Italian culture, with food, yeah. and they had the singers. I was like, oh, they put on a, an amazing. Night for, 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 for me, and I and yeah, I was sitting there on the thing, coughing me. Anyway, yes. let's move swiftly on. Moving from that on one. from <laughs> that. Anyway, that will, t- that will teach you for going out too quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Pay note, pay note. Yeah. Well, um, let's move on to something a little bit more, maybe. Um, joyful, we can t- a little yes. bit more light hide. Yeah. Listen, I appreciate you giving us an insight into that because I will. Uh, look, for whatever reason, hospitality definitely affected. So it was. Yeah. It's a great uh, something of running a a hotel of that magnitude and yeah. having an insight to that so thanks for sharing that but let, let, we've um, o- over the years obviously working in hospitality in different areas must have many stories to tell I'm sure yeah. a little someone, birdie as someone can't share <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure yeah. I'm sure there's one or two you might be able to look of there's, there's um, a, a, a little birdie mentioned to me <laughs> to ask you about uh, maybe some, some Liam Gallagher Ricky Liam Gervais Gallag- Liam Gallagher and Ricky Gervais stories. Yes, so um, yeah, we, we you know we tend not to talk too openly about our guests uh, <laughs> on podcasts and the like. However, yes, it's fair to say that um, many, quite a few years ago now, it was with with his band uh, BDI. I think they called, they were called BDI. Yeah, 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 yeah. Once he once he'd left Oasis, Oasis and yeah, him yeah. and Noel had probably fallen out and he'd gone yeah. off on his own in a strop. Yep. And um, BDI were playing at the Brighton Centre. So Lee, all of a sudden, um, there's Liam Gallagher sitting in our, our bar. I don't think he was staying. I think he just decided, no, maybe he was staying. I can't remember. Anyway, he was in our lounge with his mm. with his manager. And, you know, back in the day, I was quite a big Oasis fan. So same, same. I don't make a habit, cause I, it, 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 but it's going to sound like I do when I tell <laughs> the Ricky Gervais story in a minute. But I don't make I don't make too much of a habit of kind of wanting to rub, rub shoulders with the stars. Because... Yeah. One, it makes you look like really stupid, <laughs> and, and, it, and it definitely did on both these occasions. And secondly, um, yeah, they they they're just normal people that want to be left alone yeah, yeah, yeah. and have a meal or a drink or stay in a room or whatever it is. So anyway, and and I and I and I worry a little bit that we we potentially put the business at risk if we do because if we hassle these people, then eventually they'll just say, do you know what, we can't go to the ground because we get too much hassle. Yeah, and I learned that at a very very early age in a in a hotel I was. Uh, a, t- a member of the team, you know, I wasn't ma- running it, but in Manchester, which was a big hotel in Manchester where all the stars stayed. And I'm going back to the 80s, Duran Duran's of this world wow, and so on, yeah. stayed there. And they liked to be left alone. And if you could prove that they were left alone, the more of them they came. came yeah, so yeah, sure, you sure. to meet, meet more of them. You didn't necessarily shake their hands, but you you, yeah. you were in their presence. No, no selfies back then, yeah, obviously. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah. selfies. So anyway, um, yeah, so Liam Gallas sitting in the lounge with his manager, and I thought, I've got to go and say hello to him, because he's, he's just a legend to me. And yeah, yeah. So I went over, and I um, said, you know, hello, Mr. Gallagher. And, oh, all right, geezer. And, <laughs> and I said, um, I'm Andrew. I'm, I'm general manager of the Grand. I just Literally, I, I, I just wanted to, first of all, say welcome to the Grand, and I hope you're okay. Secondly, just wanted to shake your hand, if I'm honest with you. Love your music. Saw you play at Main Road way back when in Manchester, and yeah. just think you're great. And he said, "Yeah, okay, well, nice to nice to meet you. Nice to meet you." Then as I walked away, he thought I was out of earshot, but I was still in earshot. And he turned round to his manager. I can't say exactly what he said because it's a <laughs> podcast. 
but uh, so a bit of an expletive. But he said his, his manager. He said, "Hey, listen, right? Uh, that's obviously the main geezer. We can get whatever we want now." <laughs> uh, and I turned around and I said. No, you can't, <laughs> by the way. I just wanted to say hello. He went, oh, God, I didn't realise you were still listening. <laughs> so, so, yeah. He obviously thought, shaking his hand, I could just basically say, I know Andrew. I mean, there's a lot of people that go in and go, I know Andrew. Go, I know. If you Google general manager Graham Brighton, <laughs> it comes up, Andrew. Right? So people then come into the bar and go, Oh, I know Andrew. And the staff go, yeah, bet you do. <laughs> yeah, I know his two sons. Well, he hasn't got any sons. He's got daughters. That's a yeah. bad start. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, oh, Ricky Gervais. Oh, my God. I, I, I still cringe when I tell this story. <laughs> it's so bad. And, and, and the Brighton community has found out about this one and it's been quite right i know who to i know who to get because i thought i told this person in a bit of sort of social confidence anyway i'll get him when i next see him ryan heel anyway um so so one of the charity dues i i I just love the office the office that first series of the uk office i mean the one with steve carell's funny but the one with ricky gervais UK uh, it's legendary to absolutely. me. I mean, I, you know, I can watch it again. I can recite it, and same, you know, it's just same. one of those things. And I've got to be honest with you, I think there is a bit of David Brent in all of us, <laughs> and I think there is a bit of the of David Brent's team in all of our teams. You know, and you you can't help yourself sometimes, but think. Do you know what? That's Keith from Accounts, isn't it? And that's Dawn on reception, and it, and that's, that's why it was so that, genius. And that is it? David yeah, yeah. Brent, and that's why because we could identify yeah, with these people. Anyway, that. I I was at a charity do, and I bought a big frame. I'm talking about sort of three foot by two foot of four photos of legendary moments from the office. One of which is the dance scene. The other is with the three of Stephen and Gareth and David Brent sitting there and looking into the camera and. Um, it, it, just all these four photos signed by Ricky Gervais, right? Yeah. And um, in a frame, and I don't know, I paid 300 quid, goes to charity, it's all for a good yeah, cause. Yeah. I bought this thing. And um, at the time, I was in my in my house um, at a little study, and I had this thing on the wall. It just worked well in the space. But then, um, uh, as I say, my, uh, my marriage broke down. I ended up with someone new. We bought this lovely little cottage, and um, my partner, Julia's an interior designer. She said, I can tell you for a start, you're not having that in the house. Um, so don't even think it. So I thought, right, where am I going to put this? I know, I know. I'll put it on my office wall at work. So here I am, managing director of the Grand, and sitting proudly above my desk is the office, this picture of the office. Anyway, I get a call. So obviously people see this. So they come into the office and they see this picture and go, well, there we are. This is a bit random, but yeah. it's quite, it's, <laughs> makes me laugh. That's nice. I go, I know, there's a bit of David Brent in me. I get it. And um, next thing I know, I get a phone call one day. Um, I know you're a big fan, Andrew. Ricky Gervais is in the restaurant. And he was doing his tour at the Brighton Centre. He'd just literally come in for lunch. Now, what happened in my mind at this point, Sam, I'll never quite understand. But I suddenly felt compelled to pick my big frame off the wall and take it down to show Ricky Gervais. So I'm in my suit, you know, my pocket chief, you name it. I'm like usual sort of, you know, fancy self. Wandering around the hotel with my big frame, 
went into the restaurant and he's sitting in the corner of the restaurant. He's the only, the only two people at that point sitting in the corner of our terrace. And I walk over and I say, um, this is either going to go really well <laughs> or really badly. And that was my opening line to him. So at that point, he's confused because he's looking at me going, who is this bloke in a suit with a big frame on the top? <laughs> I go, I'm Andrew. I'm, um, I'm, I'm managing director here. And he just did, yeah. And I said, um, I'm a big fan. Okay. And so much so, I once bought this big frame with um, of the office. He went, yeah. And so I showed him. This is all I was getting back from it. And if you, my impersonation is not good enough, but you can hear him in your head. <laughs> yeah, going, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah. And... Um, and I, he's, let's have a look then. So I showed him it. He went, yeah, that's the office. And I went, yeah, that's my signature. I went, good. <laughs> okay. Anyway, everything all right with your lunch? He went, yeah. Good. Nice to meet you then. Nice to meet you. He went, yeah, okay. And that was, and that was it. So wow. I walk out of the restaurant. And the staff go, and the staff are obviously sort of behind me, but I'd not spotted them because I'm so <laughs> fixated by Ricky Gervais sitting there. So I walk out the restaurant, I walk past the staff, and they went, you're right, Andrew? I went, yeah, yeah, I think so. And at that point, I thought, <laughs> while I'm down here, I'll go for some lunch in, in our canteen, which is in the basement of the ground. So I'm, my office is on the first floor, mm. the, 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 the restaurant's obviously on the ground floor, and the, and the canteen's in the basement. So now, Sam, I decide to take my big frame to the canteen <laughs> with me to sit alongside <laughs> me while I'm having my lunch. So then, so then um, I don't know, 20 minutes after I've finished my lunch, I go back up to the office, and I hang my big frame back on the wall. And um, my uh, fantastic people director, who I've worked with literally since I started at the Grand, Andy, she's fantastic, um, passes by the office. And I said, oh, Andy, I need to talk to someone about something. I've got to get this out of my head because <laughs> I've made... And she said, we're talking about the big frame and Ricky Gervais, aren't we? I went, how do you know that? She said, Andrew, the entire hotel is talking about it. It's gone round like wildfire. What possessed you to even go and see the guy? Because we know he's not that socially interactive. He just likes to keep himself to himself. So we knew that. He's not going to be interested in who you are or what you do. You just wanted to have some lunch, but you took your big frame with you. What were you thinking? And it won't even you can ask him to sign it because he's already signed, he signed it. it. I didn't need him to sign it. And he just looked and went, yeah, that's my signature. I went, I know it is because it's authenticated on the back and everything. Oh, but there's, I mean, there's, there are, those are a couple, you know, you'd heard wow. Bernie told wow. you say. I mean, there's thousands of stories. I mean, you know, and as I say, some I can tell, some I can't tell. And, it, and, and, and it's not about pop stars and rock stars. Mm-hmm. It's about interesting people you mm-hmm. meet. You, 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 you know, I tell another story of a chap that was in the bar, just a regular, ordinary old chap sitting in the bar. And as I walked by, you're the manager. Oh, here we go, complaint alert. Yeah. And I said, yes, I am. He said, I just wanted to say hello to you because I last came to a conference here in 1966. And it's lovely to be back. And I just said to my wife, one day I want to go back to the Grand and I'll just sit and have a pint in the bar where I had a pint back in 1966 at the conference. And I thought, just so nice. And I went over to the bar stuff, go over to table four or whatever it is and ask that chap what he's drinking. And um, and they went and served him a pint of bitter on the house and it made his day. And I love that. It's probably better than meeting Liam Gallagher, to be honest with you, if I'm honest. Um, but people are more interested in Liam Gallagher than they are the old boy who had his conference in 1966. But 
though it's it's about those fantastic people you work with yeah. but that you get to meet yeah. thousands and thousands and thousands we had an 80 revival 80s revival staff party a couple of weeks ago at the grand and i'm <laughs> slightly embarrassed to say that not only did as they were playing all the background music during dinner all these 80s cheesy <laughs> hits i'm thinking i've got that on seven inch vinyl i've got that on seven inch vinyl i've got that in my attic i thought but i've met them i've met them i've met them i've met them and wow. it's like yeah i've just met Met so many. It's like I watch telly and I go, yeah, I met them. I've met them. I've met them. I've met them. It's or it's they've been in the hotel while I've been there and I've seen them. You know, yeah. Mate, that that is absolute gold. That's good the gold. They're good stories. There's loads of them. But, as I said. I, for me, uh, the the thing that's come out of the podcast for me, one of the reasons I love doing it is that the, the whole tagline, everyone has a story to tell, and yeah. listening, just listening to that 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 story about the the old boy, I yeah. I love. Yeah. There's something magical about that. Yeah, it's lovely. We all, well, we're going gone? back to the posh meal. Yeah. yeah. Playing with his emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something was happening to him yeah. in the grand that day that made him... It, 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 his emotions had said, I want to go back. His emotions had said, I want to be there. His emotions had said, I want to be in that bar because it helps me remember the good time of 1966 <laughs> I had. And the way we then were able to add to that and the simplicity of me just asking a member of the team to serve him a pint on us. I mean, you know, I didn't have to li li lift a finger. But but, but, that, that, but that, I was yeah. able to play with his emotions. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and I know, and that's what I love doing. And I know firsthand what it feels like when mine are played. Because, it, you know, mine haven't just been played within 1979 at the Bosch yeah, Meal. Mine yeah. have been played with thousands of times yeah. in so many hospitality places that I've had. I've had the privilege to 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 visit yeah. as part of the job. You know, it's yeah, my yeah. job to um, look upwards and outwards at other businesses and yeah. learn from them and experience them and visit them. And you think, blimey, I'm getting paid for this. I'm getting paid. It's not bad, is it? I love that. It's not bad, is it? it is so, it, it, I'm, I'm a massive foodie, so I love, like, hence we went to yeah. talk about the grave time thing. Yeah. So, and there is, there's something about, like, it's just the experience of going yeah. out, just the experience of going into a restaurant or staying in an, an ice just, hotel. It, it is yeah. so, like you said, it creates emotions. In yeah. that Otherwise, we wouldn't, we wouldn't eat, we yeah. wouldn't eat, um, in my case, we wouldn't eat pizza outdoors on a, a sort of gravelly, patio basically yeah, yeah, yeah. under a bit of a tarpaulin roof on a plastic chair in the south of france because yeah. the pizza's good it's okay yeah the plastic chair is not great quality yeah. the tarpaulin is not great quality and if it rains there's often a leak yeah. and there is a bit of gravel outside some shops actually yeah. and yeah i can't wait to sit there because it's in what is happening to me emotionally yeah. that surrounds that pizza. Yeah. It's the arrival on holiday, and it's the it's 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 what it means to me. Um, and this place we go, we 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 still go on holiday. I referred to it when you know I was going with my parents, and I literally to the same place forty years on because it's a mobile caravan, mobile home we've got down there, and it's been left in the family for years, and we still go there and. That's my idea of a holiday because it's not five star by any means. I can tell you this. <laughs> the antithesis of everything I do. It's just shorts and a baggy t shirt and a pizza on, you know, a plastic chair and a, you know, carafe of rose that costs seven euros or something. And I am in a, an amazing place 
emotionally because my emotions are being played with and I just feel fantastic. Um, and that's what it's all about, Sam. Right. And it's interesting to hear you say that you 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 feel that because the food doesn't have to be brilliant, the drink has, doesn't have to be good, but the your emotions do need something needs to happen. And and for me, one hundred percent. And for me, actually, within a within your industry, I guess the beauty of it as well is you actually you have the ability to create that experience and that yes. emotion because yeah. actually, how many places have I have I been to in my life where the food might not have been great, but that person yeah. who served me or yeah. that person who yeah. kind of has made me feel a yeah. million dollars and created an emotion the, the, within the, me. The, the soundtrack playing in the background in the yeah. restaurant you're in, the, the candle on the table creating yeah. the ambience and the warmth yeah. of the light, um, the, the style the style of the person serving you, yeah. the, the actual crockery that the dish is served on, yeah. all make you go, wow, I'm feeling something here. Yeah. And then, as you say, some you know food that's okay, comes and you eat it and it tastes fine it's not mind-blowing yeah. but actually the sum of the component parts yeah. add up to a great experience yeah. um, otherwise that. we're back to you know, God fashion Maslow's hierarchy of ease you, it, it needs you go out to eat because we need to eat to fuel our bodies yeah. well we never do that yeah. we never we never go out to eat because we need to mm. um, we go out to eat because something happens to us when when we do and that's why it's so disappointing when it goes wrong yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> paid money and haven't felt it yeah, yeah yeah love it i love it well look listen we're com- we're coming towards the end yeah, just sure. a couple of bits are i did want to chat to you about just look, you've given us amazing insight into well the hospitality industry as a whole and what it's like running a, a, a hotel most iconic hotel in brighton of oh. uh, that magnitude um talk, tell us just a little bit before we round up a bit more about you and yeah. personal life, what yeah. goes on, what makes you tick, what other things outside of hospitality? Because you yeah. tell the passion there, but yep. what other stuff do you do? I hear a bit of sailing, maybe some scene. Talk, talk yeah, to I enjoy a good time. I yeah. do enjoy it. I, 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 uh, I've got that kind of old uh, ethos of never say no to an invite because you <laughs> yeah. never know yeah. when the next one might come. So <laughs> we, we say yes to far too many. <laughs> and so we're very busy socially yeah. We and we enjoy that. We, yeah. we, we find energy together yeah. to go out and socialise. We've got an amazing, amazing wide network of friends. Mm. Um, we live um, just on the outskirts of Southampton, near the water. Uh, not overlooking the water, by yeah. the way. For, <laughs> yeah. for, before people coming into hospitality think, wow, you've got a house <laughs> overlooking the water. No, no, no you don't. Okay. Uh, but we're, we're, we are near the water. We're near the coast in Southampton. Um, so we do a bit of boating. Um, I still play a little bit of golf, but not, not as much as I would like to. Mm-hmm. Really into my music. Um, I play in a band. Um, sing in a band, sing badly in a band, yeah. but you know what? What, what, you, what type of music? Oh, uh, cover the obvious yes, covers, you know, things yeah. from Rolling Stones all the way through to I don't know. We've done Foo Fighters in the past, but we, we 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 do we we do stuff that gets you you tapping your feet, yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. possibly wanting a little dance and a sing along, and and um, and and as a, as I uh, widely advertise, we are we're we're not great. But we're a lot better when you're drunk, um, <laughs> generally speaking. Uh, if, it's back to the emotions thing. You come yeah, with yeah. a positive frame of mind and we'll sound a lot better than if you come <laughs> thinking, I better go and listen to him then. Um, yeah. But we, we enjoy, I really enjoy that. And again, it's, it's partly social, um, 
and it's partly achievement for me because mm. I never ever thought I'd be in a band. I love my music, but yeah. I never thought I'd sing in a band. And suddenly I was invited to join some mates and sing in a band. And um, and so we do that a few pub gigs and stuff and have, have a laugh with that. Um, never. Yeah. Were, were you not going to get you down five hundred at the grand and you no. on the stage? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. I've often said, you know, maybe maybe if someone uh, twists my arm and it's the last thing I do as I leave the, <laughs> leave the grand for the very last time, never to be seen again. Because I see a little rocking horse, a yeah. rocking horse event coming on no, here. <laughs> no, 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 because Hang on, pay, no, because people are paying money to <laughs> attend those things, and, and we never charge. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, it, I, I, I'm, I'm a fairly normal bloke. I, I just enjoy time out. I, mm. I, 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 you know, enjoy sitting out in the sun and the garden and um, spending yeah. time with friends and yeah, all of those things. Um, but as I say, we, 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 we have this kind of don't say no to an invite, and sometimes yeah. it gets gets to grab us a bit. Cause you think, wow, um, now let's not say. Let's, let's let's say yes to going to bed and get yourself off to sleep because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's time time we just stop like for it. That December running yeah. for you. I, remember, I don't I, I don't do we don't do long holidays either. We we, we like short breaks. So okay. um, you know, got to know me, Catwick, because sort of not literally, but you know what I mean. It's yeah. I, we, we we like a we like a long weekend yeah. rather than we prefer we prefer long weekends rather than we do two week. We don't just don't do tradis- traditional two week holidays. So. Yeah. Just like little short breaks, and again, that that works with the job because if, if you're away for two weeks, you're you you can lose touch with your business, and mm-hmm. it is a 365 day a year, 24 seven business at yeah. the end of the day. And so, as I said earlier in in the conversation, we you 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 have a responsibility whether you like it or not yeah. to remain connected to your business, and mm-hmm. that doesn't mean I'm sitting on my laptop on emails on holiday, but it means that I am available, and um, yeah. and therefore. You, you know, relatively short haul flights and never that yeah. far away if something really went wrong. But but more often than not, still available to my team and yeah. supporting them when when I'm not there as well as when I am there. And 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 so we we enjoy that. We, so we enjoyed a bit of travel and chilling yeah. out and going sitting on some gravel on a plastic chair and having a pizza <laughs> and a glass of rosé. It's not bad. Sounds good to me, mate. So yeah. I tell I tell you what one thing there actually. Which is quite interesting. Just the, over the whole conversation, just listening to you talk so passionately about you can tell you just love what you do. So and I, and, and so f- f- for me actually, because I do as well. I love some of the business I run and the stuff I'm in, and I I go away and my wife, oh, you're not taking that laptop again. It's part of it. I have to. I feel like I need to. I'm not at a stage where I can maybe delegate to. So I do need to. But I actually do it because I love it as well. Yeah. I'm conscious of obviously making sure you have downtime to be away, and yeah. I'm there present with the kids and with Kelly, and I'm I'm trying to be better at that. But also, actually, you do love what you do, and like it's not that life's there and work's there. It's actually that's life, and that has an impact on that. So they're all in that bubble almost yeah together. well I mean I've, I've been a, I've been a general manager 30 years so I mean you know when I was first appointed as a general manager I, I, th- th- I there were mobile phones but I didn't I didn't have one I didn't have yeah. a mobile phone until about three years into um, being a general manager so yeah. when and that was one that was fixed in the car anyway so I couldn't yeah. use it um, it's probably five years before I got a portable yeah. mobile phone so when you went on holiday back then you you had to make sure that you were properly, properly sorted and there was some means or another mm. for you to be contacted in the event of a big problem. And that was actually, I think, 
harder work yeah, than yeah. it is now. And some would say, yeah, but I don't like that ability to be contacted. I said, yes, but they, they, you won't be contacted. Most of the time, you won't be yeah, contacted. Yeah, 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 sure. So, but, but also, and again, horses for courses. Yeah. Some, some do, and some don't. But I don't mind checking a few emails on holiday yeah, yeah, and same. clearing down the inbox a bit and making the occasional phone call because I know that it will, it will, it will benefit me when I then get back to work and mm. back into the routine again because I'm kind of slightly ahead of the game. But it will also then perhaps enable me to have half a day out here and there where my diary's clear, I'm on top of my work, team are doing a great job as always, and I can therefore knock off a bit earlier and, I don't know, yeah. um, play golf or go boating or go to a band practice or something. <laughs> um, so it, I think it works both ways. And, yeah. I, and, I, and, I, and I, I've therefore embraced, it took me a while, but I've now properly, properly embraced that connectivity when you are away from your business, yeah. you know, particularly for holidays. And it, it, it enables you to stay in in touch. And and the most recent example of that when I when coincidentally we were away and I needed to be in touch was when uh, the Queen passed. And yeah. suddenly it was, you know, lowering of flags and hospitality, is it respectful to continue and all of these questions that were being asked and extra bank holidays and week of mourning and how we were to behave in our businesses and blah 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 all of those things and i i i i was on the beach at the time um, wow. of uh, and, and it was almost just coincidental i should think i'm a bit bored i'll look at my phone and hang on a minute there's all the royal family getting off a off a plane near balmoral um something's going down and hugh davis is is on the television wearing a black tie so hang, hang on whoa hang on yeah the, it looks like the queen has died and at that point then i pick the phone up to the business and say right are we all on top of this do we know what we're doing have yeah. we lowered the flag to half miles have we this have we this have we this have you know and and um and just so you in, know yeah. probably half a day a day's work out of a shortish break and i'm fine with that but needed to be yeah. yeah yeah so i think there's a benefit to it personally yeah yeah fair play right what does the future hold for you uh, wow um um, that's a really good question, and I, I probably need to give it a bit more thought. Not to the question you've asked me, but to to the future. <laughs> um, I, I'm not I'm not um, go with the flow type of guy. I'm I you know I'd probably like to think I am, but I know I'm not. Um, yeah. So just if you sort of said, if you asked me the question, I said, ah, you know, let's see, live and let live. I'm I, I'm not I'm not like that. Yeah. I'm a bit more of a planner and. And so the inevitable, the inevitable answer to the question is um, semi-retirement and then retirement at some point. I'm going to be 58 in July. I'm not ready to give it up yet. I'm still hungry and energetic and busy and loving it and yeah. um, you know happy yeah. um, with everything really. So um, I don't know. Let's see. Let, let, let's 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 really go for it for five years. Yeah. Um, doing whatever it is I'm asked to do and whatever it is I am doing and at the moment that's the grand and you know never say never but I'm very happy doing what I'm doing so um, five years regroup I don't know when I'm 63 but it's very arbitrary that number it's five years so it just adds up to 63 from 58 plus five and then and then I think um, I, I, I don't see myself I don't I don't see a sort of set moment in time where I close my desk drawer for the last time and 
take my man bag and put it over my arm and out I go into <laughs> yeah. the car and I've gone forever and then the next morning you know, we have a lion and just do nothing and start to enjoy our retirement. I, it will it will be then, it will be that period of semi-retirement yeah. where I'm getting some more personal time and some time away and some time with Julia and, and family and friends and all of those yeah. other important people to me um, whilst at the same time working doing something um and i enjoy mentoring i enjoy i i I enjoy giving being given the chance to tell my story so uh you know i'm very happy on a stage with a microphone comparing or doing a bit of an after dinner speech or Entertaining, if there is such a word, I'm not sure I'm an entertainer, but you know what I mean. So you tell kind of them stories, that sort of thing. I've got a lot of stories to tell. (laughs) I think, I think, um, you know, if 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 we go back to that kind of, you're 14 years old, you go for a posh meal story, and uh, and and 40 years later, we we won a Katie, which is the industry's highest accolade, being best employer in hospitality. So there's a story of 14 to 54, and then there's a story of 54 to 58 because 58. I'll be 30 years as general manager and who thought I'd be at the, at the, at the ground. So I've got a story to tell, but most people um, sitting in an audience, let's say the best of British or similar sort of social event, would say, yeah, great story, Andrew. Let's, let's, let's hear the one about Liam Gallagher, Ricky, Ricky Gervais, and all of those stories you say you can't tell, but come on, you can tell <laughs> us. And, um, and so I think I've got, I've, got a, I've got something of a story to tell. And mm. I you know, always like hearing from people that sort of say, can you come and talk at my event and talk to me so I was very yeah. very humbled and 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 uh, you know uh, pleased to be asked to come on this podcast yeah. and tell a bit of the story but there's a lot more to tell yeah. uh, but I, I, I want the chance to do more of that so that's what probably that period of semi t- semi-retirement looks like you yeah. know uh, stay healthy stay fit stay positive energe- energized energetic um and uh, keep going keep going and it will be somewhere around hospitality it won't yeah. hotels hospitality of in me definitely and won't go away. Love that. Uh, look, for, for th- thank you, one, for giving up your time. I know how busy you are to come on and, and, and share your story. But uh, what was for me really inspired just li- listen like you, your enthusiasm and your energy is so inspiring. Just to think you can't help but get enthused by you talking about That's hospitality. Very nice of you to say so, thank you. And I think that because uh, hospitality has had a bad rep over the years, and I think that. More, more people need to listen to your story, and more, like especially that younger generation and people yeah. not sure maybe what they're going to do, but listen to you talk about it in that yeah. way. Could how could it not inspire that next generation to think actually oh, maybe people haven't thought about getting yeah. into and please you know and it, and if if you if you're listening and you're thinking about it and mm. you're not sure, reach out to us and talk yeah. about it because. Um, one of the things that we, we do a lot of is community reach yeah. to promote hospitality as a business yeah. to consider as a career. But obviously, the ground in Richmond Hill as as yeah. as, as hotels to work in, and um, you know, as if by magic, we've got very very few vacancies in our businesses where some of our competitors have got lots more. So it's those initiatives work. But yeah. um, I lo- I I I. I love seeing young people who I can relate to because I can take my life, reverse my life back 40 years and see a young person saying, 
I really like the idea of hospitality. Will you talk to me about it? And I and I do. I I I'd like to think I do for them what the uh, lovely lady who was the personnel manager at the Swallow Hotel in Northampton did for me when I was fifteen. You know, um, forty three years ago nearly. Um, and she gave up an hour of her time to say, "Yeah, let me talk to you about it because it can be very rewarding. It can be, it it is, and it it can be, but it is very very rewarding. But it mm. it it it." It needs you need to put into it as much as you intend getting out. You can't just rock up to work in the morning and do a bit of a job. Mm. You've got to you you've got to be committed to it because if you are committed to it, then it it gives back in bucketfuls. And yeah. um, and so if anyone everyone any anyone does want to talk to us about uh, yeah. Korean hospitality, even if it's at the Grand Richmond Hill or elsewhere, reach out. Reach Amazing. out, um, Google Andrew Mosley, Graham Brighton, and uh, you know. coming to the Grand and go. Yeah. I know Andrew. Yeah, yeah. And, and coming to the bar and go. I know Andrew. He, he promised me a chat. <laughs> I love that. Well, look, as always, we're going to finish with our quick fire questions. So far away. One piece of advice you give to your teenage self? Um, I'd give two pieces, and that would be absolutely pursue your passion. If you've got a gut feel about what you want to do, however obscure it is, go for it. But when you go for it, if it involves people working with you, um, always spend more than you could afford on employing the best people. When the boss is saying, that's out of budget, still go for it. So you get the best people around you. Brilliant. Who has inspired you in your career and why? Um, I was very inspired by a guy called Carl Lever. He, um, I was... Previously with Devere, prior to hmm. joining the Grand in 2010, I did a spell with Devere uh, between 2001 and 2005. Uh, there were about 20 of us general managers in the group at the time. I was second youngest at, I think I was 37 or 38 years old at hmm. the time. So I was the second youngest of 20 general managers. And Carl Lever joined as managing director, who's 33 years old. And a lot of the old school sort of frowned a lot and question who's this young whippersnapper that's coming to our business but he was he was real inspira- inspiration um quite self-focused and self-driven mm. and you know driven by his own prize a bit um mm. but a, bri- a brilliant orator and um someone that gave absolutely clear direction on here we are now here's where we're going and here's how we're going to get there is everyone clear um, so he was he he was one of the people that inspired inspired me. Um, I worked for a managing director in the early part of my career who was a real cantankerous old old thing, and he he would admit it. So I can say it out <laughs> loud. Uh, a chap called Ian Hartness who um, really really provided me with the guidance, the support, and the direction I needed in the early stages of my career, mm. and um, was the was basically the man that gave me. Um, my first general manager's job at 28. I mean, what the hell? I mean, wow. <laughs> 28. Wow. So I'm running a running a running a big business. It was. Quite, yeah. I mean, in those days, 1993, it was turning over three million or something. So I don't know what it'd wow. be doing now. It was quite a big business for a 28 year old. <laughs> yeah. And my and my management team were all younger than me. So I mean, you know, I was the elder statesman at 28. I mean, we were like <laughs> the junior football team. Everywhere we went, we just went together. Mm. Um, but Ian. Ian put his faith in faith and trust in me. He he broke a couple of so-called um, business barriers down to promote me to that size business as my first appointment. And um, 
and, and, and he and you know I showed my I showed my trust in him and I think he appreciated it because he, he yeah. said come with me and I'll and I'll make it happen for you so I did and um, then when I'd done that he he gave it gave it back in bucketfuls. so there's there's two people it was and it and guess what it was all about direction leadership figurehead you know that. all about yeah. that, those go-to people communicators um, and as I say you know each with each with their own Side, side agendas, yeah, if you yeah. like, but fine, you know. So, so we all, oh, yeah, you know, but um, Ian, Ian, and Carl, amongst amongst many others, yeah. uh, amongst many others, um, both in and slightly out of the industry, yeah. uh, there are people now that I work with that I'm hugely inspired by. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. So, but 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 Carl and Ian feature Stick on the list. Yeah, yeah, sure. Amazing. Well. Um, can you recommend book or podcast that you that you've listened to that's inspired you or been an influence on you? Uh, that Peter Crouch thing. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm yeah. kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to laugh, that's one, isn't it? Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, book uh, uh, books, good to great by Jim Collins would be the book. Is is so when a manager joins our business, um, we buy them that book. Oh, really? We ask them to read it. Um, and guess what? Carl Lever introduced me to that book in 2004 when he joined Veer. Um, by the way, I recommend this book to read. It's a really good read. And so I did. And I thought, ah, oh, now I really understand you. So Good to Great by um, Jim Collins is, 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 um, is still a go-to, a go-to book. Yeah. Um, I haven't read it for many, many years, but I remember being very inspired by a, 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 a mini, sort of like a, a, a mini... Um, speed training session that a, an HR director I was working for a business and she did a speed session on mm. emotional intelligence and at the end of it she said working with emotional intelligence by Daniel Goleman good read so I think that's the those are the only two management theory books I've ever read by a pool so mm. you know, kind of you know because when I do have my downtime I, I, I like reading Peter James and stuff yeah, like that yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. but um, those two books still sit on my shelf yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, podcasts. Um, not really. Not really. No, I do no. listen. I, I. I. I'm not into podcasts. I do listen. To, I've started listening to them. Yeah. I've signed up to Global Player, one of BBC Sounds, and things like that. And yeah. so I'm digging my way around those. But I get too easily drawn by listening to the to the live broadcast and yeah. um, and uh, Lisa Tarbuck show on radio. Too, yeah. which is just, <laughs> So uh, she she's my sort of go to listen on sounds. Oh, um, really? I will listen to her show on catch up every week. Yeah, it. yeah. Can't yeah. listen to it live because it's seven o'clock on a Saturday night. We're normally going yeah, out because well, yeah, we, yeah. we haven't turned an invite <laughs> down again. So yeah, there we go. Right, final one. What's your one rule for living a fulfilled life? Um, uh, get your work life balance right. That would be it. Um. So many people work to live. Um, sorry, live to work. I work to live. Mm. So, uh, and and you know, cool. You live to work, don't you? You, you, you know, no, you don't live to work. You work to live. Mm. I, I just that's 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 a rubbish cliche. For me, it's just never lose sight of why you're working and what what you're in business for. Mm. It's to it's to 
enhance your overall life. And I think sometimes we can get a little bit too um, bogged down with business and, and, and entrenched in it and overly focused on it that we forget the peripheral stuff in our life, which yeah. is our life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think that's, that, that would be my so-called mantra that, y y you know, we're here to work in order to live, yeah. not live to work. Mate, there we go. I, I echo that. And what, yeah. what a great way to finish. Five words. What a great way to finish. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, it's been absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much for your time. Thank I've you loved so. it. I've uh, I've not laughed actually as much as on a podcast as Good. much as I have today. So Good. it's been so great. But just smile. but also just some great like actually brilliant insight. But ultimately for me, the, just like I say, the the passion that comes across is is phenomenal, and I think that will be what certainly as for me will inspire loads of people to do listen so thank you very much thank you thank you again i appreciate it and you. as they say is a wrap excellent this is the county business talks podcast produced by h2 productions